So, yeah, I'll tell you when we're recording. Ready? Ready. Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston Joyner. I was about, oh, I was doing so well. Were you? I thought I was. You were doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Just I was my <clears throat> delightful and very horse coworker. Coworker. Fuck 2020 already. <laughs> Nay. I said very horse, so I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, horse Matt. Horse Matt. Awesome. <laughs> Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, All my tiredness came back. Specifically, check out our Gmail, where we actually received an email this week. We'll get yes. into it later. Yep. And we we're supposed to receive a second one, but Mark forgot to send it. Yeah. I think. We got an email so. from Gage, and we got an email. We're going to maybe eventually get an email from Mark. And maybe we're going to talk about spam? Gage's email uh, at the end of the episode, like after the episode, so we don't yep. spend an hour talking about it. Because it's an, it's an email. It's, it's a long email. It's an in-depth email. Yeah. yeah that's the, that is the perfect email, Gage. Yep. I, I very much appreciate you it. You are the quintessential emailer. Yep. Gage is the quintessential emailer. He is now officially canon in okay uh, in, in our in our podcast. World what a title! Emailer. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Matt. What have you, what have you been up to for like the two two weeks? Oh uh, well, I'm, <coughs> I'm coughing my lungs out. Apparently, awesome. That's gonna sound amazing. I know. Um, so I'm gonna cough every couple minutes or so just to kind of clear my throat, so I don't sound like this. Because I'm probably just gonna sound like this anyway. I'm doomed. It's okay. I'll do most of the talking because I actually prepared for this. Yeah. Which is weird because I don't prepare for these. This is right, and this is the, the, this is the sort of one I would prepare for. Yeah, this is the one that you you do the year ones, and then I did the decade one. Yep. Well, in fairness, stuff. I spent a lot of time preparing for this big chess tournament in Vegas. Yeah. I played, where I did not win my seven thousand dollars first prize. I did not even win the tenth place prize because I tied for eleventh. Because you're the way. Because I don't have the stamina to play chess you need for water. Seven. You know, that might really help. I'm going to go get water. Okay. I'm going to chill out here. <laughs> like fart noises. They like it. few seconds that i just kind of like stopped doing it but then i resumed Ugh. good you should you should leave it all in just i will <laughs> a solid chunk of just bullshit um bull farts continue so you didn't you didn't get your 10th place I, yeah or your I, first place I played, you got your 11th place i played some good chess but not great chess and i know what i need to work on for the next one um i also watched a few movies finally hey 
Speaking of fart sounds. Great. I might might edit that one out. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, in order from first, I watched the last ones I watched. Uh, I watched Richard Jewell. Okay. Um, that's the one about the the guy, the security guard at the Atlanta Olympics in '96. Yeah. That um, there's the bomb and he gets uh, vilified by the press. Yep. Um, it's a good story. It's got a lot of good actors. Clint Eastwood's kind of getting, I don't want to say he's lost his touch, but... He's getting old. He's kind of losing his touch. Yeah. Um, The pacing's a little weird, and there's a couple of scenes near the end that was just kind of like, yeah, does that really work? Mm -hmm. But it's a good enough story, and the actors are good enough, especially uh, the main guy, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Yep. And uh, Sam Rockwell's really great in this. Mm Mm-hmm. And they carry it enough to make it a pretty compelling movie. Okay. Not like best of the year material for me, but certainly more of a positive than a negative. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Quiet Place because I wanted to get Mark through it. Okay. Great movie. Doesn't really hold up to a rewatch just because you get everything the first time through. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the best experience is all the tension you get the first time through, not knowing what's going to happen. Yep. So... You appreciate it the second time through. You recognize it as a good movie, but you don't really feel it the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was kind of intriguing. Because uh, I thought it was just absolutely brilliant the first time through. And the second time through, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's good. And so I kind of got to thinking about critics. Because critics liked but didn't love Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had a revelation that critics, I think, I think their job is to watch a movie one time and know how it's going to be received after a decade of rewatches and, um, and rethinks. Uh, and I had, I had some other points that would come back to that, that I'll get to in a minute here. Yeah. But I, I think that makes sense. Okay. Um, I went and saw uncut gems. That's the Adam Sandler uh, one. I want to see it. Where he's a he's a, a sketchy uh, jeweler in New York, and uh, basically he builds a house of cards around himself, and it all comes crashing down in glorious, chaotic fun. Cool. Um, it's uh got nearly the most f words of any movie ever. Good. I think it's got a nice round five hundred. Was the number I saw? Jesus. Which is just under Wolf of Wall Street, which is like oh. five thirty something. Oh, I thought that had like four something. Nah. Ah. Nuts. Yep. Um, Adam Sandler is absolutely good as advertised in this movie. It's a really good performance. Um it's a it's a fun movie. It almost feels like a documentary, just the way it's done. Um, kind of the way it's shot and the way the dialogue is. Everyone's talking over each other and yeah. conversations are disjointed and messy and uh, you know, people, it, they don't flub their lines. That's how they're meant to say it. But like they, they misspeak and yeah. it, it feels very authentic and naturalistic. And that at the same, but at the same time, it's a really good story with yeah. some really good acting in it. Cool. Um, Kevin Garnett plays himself, basketball player. Hmm. Um, surprisingly pretty good. Yeah. You know, he's more of a strong point than a weakness, which is usually not what you expect from a sports star. Yeah. Filling in a movie. Um, I saw a parasite. Okay. The Korean one yep. that I've been wanting to see for a long time, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, it's a, an unemployed poor family kind of slowly insinuates their way into the family of a rich family in um, uh, in Korea. And then things take several sharp turns after that. 
the is less the, is the rich family some sort of murderer or cannibalist or the less I say about this movie, the better. Cool. Just because if you go in with any kind of expectations, it probably colors the experience differently. That is exactly how I tell people to watch The Hunt. Mm-hmm. I've actively told people to not look at what The Hunt is about when mm-hmm. they go watch it. Yeah. Um, Parasite is an absolutely gorgeous, brilliantly made movie that I feel like I don't really understand yet. <laughs> <laughs> too, it's too over your head. Yeah. Um, so critics really, really liked Parasite. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 96 on Metacritic liked yeah. it. Uh, and I feel like they must have watched it four times at once because they understood all the layers and were peeling it back. And I'm just like, this is good. It's over my head. Yeah. But even a first-time viewer, even a kind of a not filmically educated first-time viewer, I saw it with a couple of my old high school buddies, mm-hmm. um, can appreciate the just the craftsmanship and the the layers and the the great dialogue. And the it's, it's really funny in places. Yeah. Just laugh out loud dying on the floor funny but then it gets it gets dark and it gets gripping and kind of thrillery and it's mm-hmm. it's good um i saw ford versus ferrari okay uh, with my family uh man brendan must have been a script advisor on this because there were <laughs> several scenes that were exactly the way he wanted them to be good. um i again the only thing i know about the story is what he told us on our episode which uh-huh. you should go back and listen to that episode yeah. people it's a good episode um but from the way he told it, this movie was exactly what that needed to be. Cool. And he texted us afterwards with his reaction and yeah, said it was did. really good. <laughs> um, and not knowing the story personally very well and not knowing a whole lot about cars, I really enjoyed it. It's, yeah. a, it's sort of structured like a standard sports movie, just really well done. The racing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny. It's got Matt Damon being best version of Matt Damon and Christian Bale being whichever wacky version of Christian Bailey is this time. <laughs> um, John Bernthal's really good, kind of a minor role. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really good all around, but then the, the ending and the, the way the actual real story ends, yeah. it's told like exactly how Brendan would like it. Yeah. And it, um, it gives it a little more emotional weight. Mm-hmm. So very good. <clears throat> and then the movie I saw, which I was not expecting to see. And um, just cause me and my brother were, home alone one night and we're like well let's just let's watch a movie let's, let's see what we can find on on netflix or amazon or whatever and <clears throat> if you had told me ahead of time that i would watch richard jewel uncut gems parasite ford versus ferrari and 2002's dog soldiers and then told me that i would have enjoyed dog soldiers the most out of those what <laughs> i would have called you a liar i mean i'd heard of dog soldiers yeah, it's um, it's sort of a cult classic. Uh, it's actually directed by Neil Marshall, who okay. you might know as the guy who directed The Descent and Centurion and 2019 Hellboy. Uh, he's a good director, apparently. Aside from Hellboy, the three movies I've seen of his, um, The Centurion, which is it's about a centurion played by michael fassbender and they're trapped behind enemy lines in roman era britain okay very good uh the descent which is a group of friends go spelunking and maybe there's horrifying cannibalistic monsters down there mm-hmm. um is a great claustrophobic cult classic horror movie and then dog soldiers which is his first feature-length movie it's also really great it's um there's some pretty clear budget limitations uh that, so basically, it's Night of the Living Dead, but with 
more soldiers and swearing and also mm-hmm. werewolves instead of zombies. Okay. Um, it, it's also got Liam Cunningham, interestingly. Oh. Davos. Well, Davos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's really Did good he at... Does he have his fingers? Yes. Yes. Please <laughs> <laughs> tell me he got his fingers bit off by a werewolf. That'd be amazing. Uh, he gets to do a little bit of scenery chewing. He's kind of the tough old special ops captain with mm-hmm. some dark secrets. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's derivative and the special effects are 2002 and limited budget, Yep. but it's, and there's some, there's some kind of campy dialogue. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, the soldiers, I don't know a thing about real soldiers, but it feels like real soldiers talking about real soldier things to, to each other. They feel like, like authentic characters. Um, it, it's, it knows how campy it needs to be and it has a lot of fun with its own camp. Uh, it's, it's plenty gory. Yeah. Um, there's a, a guy who spends about a half hour running around with his entrails, like starting to fall out of his stomach. Okay. <laughs> and it's bloody, but yeah. it's, it is immensely enjoyable. Um, I, I don't want to give too many things away, but there's several moments where you just, you see something and you're like, yes, because you know what's what's yeah. about to go down, and it's it's really great. Um, there's also weirdly probably the best Matrix reference I've seen in a movie. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> okay, but yeah, Dog Soldiers really great if you got the stomach for it. Okay, and then I'm also caught up on the Mandalorian now. Yeah. I have finished we'll, episode eight. We will discuss that. Post haste, not post haste. Pre haste. What have you been up to? Uh, I uh, quite a bit. Uh, I was <clears throat> in Minnesota this week, so I had time to read. Um, uh, I finished Flash. Finally, it got better. God no, put that put that away. That was last week's or two weeks two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, put that thing back where it came from, or so help or me. Or so help me. Uh. I watched that or finished that, which mm-hmm. was, it got better. It got a lot better, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm more interested to see, hear what, or read what comes next. Mm-hmm. I got back into reading Wonder Woman. I brought several of your comics along, but mm-hmm. I didn't get through Wonder Woman. Um, but Wonder Woman's still good. It's it's George Perez, and as I'd mentioned with the Teen Titans, like the new Teen Titans, and with uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. it's a it's a bit of work to read. Um, there's a lot of words on every page, so it's right. not just a quick sit down, read an issue for 15 minutes. It's like, you got it. You're going to be up for 30 minutes reading one issue, right? Um, which is good. It's amazing storytelling, but it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, not George Perez, Marv Wolfman, my bad. Um, oh, no, this was George Perez. George Perez picked up a lot from Marv Wolfman. Because mm. um, so, I, I got that confused <clears throat> because for Crisis on Earth and New Teen Titans, Marv Wolfman wrote while George Perez re- uh, drew... George Perez wrote the Wonder Woman, but he picked up a lot of the techniques from Marv Wolfman, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of narration, a lot of explanation. But it's – I've mentioned this before. It's phenomenal to read this run because George Perez actually, I believe, has a formal education in Greek mythology. Oh. So having him do Wonder Woman, you get real Greek mythology stuff, and like he's not afraid of actually like – having Hermes play very large roles. Like he's a, he's a main character for a large majority of what's going on okay. because he knows what Hermes is like in all of lore. So uh-huh. he knows what would fit. Uh, it's really good. Um, I played the Witcher. Oh, I watched the Witcher all the way through. 
all the way through. Okay. Have you seen it yet? I have not started. Okay, so when someone told me that this was basically Netflix's attempt at replacing Game of Thrones, or filling the void Game of Thrones left, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's going to be trash. It's actually really good. Well, okay, then. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start it tonight. Like, it's it's not phenomenal. Don't go into it expecting it to be, like, early Game of Thrones quality. Right. Go into it expecting maybe, like, season five, six. Like, still pretty good. There's some there's some fun, but there's, there's some, some stupid fun. stuff. Um, some of the, the sword fighting, because I yeah. spammed you with this. Uh, the sword fighting is amazing because it's fast enough to be impressive. Mm-hmm. It's slow enough that you can actually see what the fuck is going on, and it lets impactful moments hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it like there's one point where she, uh, where there's a uh, girl he's fighting that co- that's he's spinning around. You kind of see the disconnect of it's not a choreographed fight. They're doing what they see- deem necessary, and sometimes it's not the best thing uh, when another person's doing this thing. Like, mm-hmm. we're like Lord of the or, uh, Star Wars, the prequels. It yeah. looks choreographed. Yeah. It looks like I know he's going this way. Like, we're both going to do, we're agreeing on doing this. Right. Um, but there's a disagreement in these sword fightings where it's like, it actually looks like they're trying to kill each other or fully on the defense. Okay. And, but then you also see the ad- adaptation. So there's one where Geralt is spinning around because you actually do spin in sword fighting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he was spinning around. But she was coming down, mm-hmm. and you see him adjust and, like, stick a sword behind his back, and he's, like, facing in the other direction while he blocks that attack. Mm-hmm. Like, and it it lands on that moment, and it freezes, like, the shot stops mm-hmm. to, like, see that. And it's, like, really impressive. Uh, Gerald, Henry Cavill. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, brace yourself for inconsistent accents. I think yeah. I mentioned that. Um, yeah. It, it starts with, like, an American accent, and then it kind of goes British a couple times, but then back, and mm-hmm. kind of goes here and there. But does um, it go Sean Connery? No. <laughs> well, There's then it's no not even worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's – the storytelling is good. It feels like – it feels like the games do, mm-hmm. where there's kind of – there's an overarching story, but it's somewhat episodic. There's okay. eight episodes, mm-hmm. and, like, there is an overarching plot of three characters. Mm-hmm. And one character is on one continuous plot mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing. Another one is it, – it's kind of in three – the best way I can describe it is that it's that there's three phases of it. There's one where they're all on three different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two where one character is kind of stabilized mm-hmm. at what, what what's happening – and at the end of phase two, two of the characters come together, and then that last character is still on their one track, and then mm-hmm. they come together at the end. There's kind of like this... It, so it's Dunkirk. Kind of. One thing to be aware of. If a character that had previously died is back on the screen, it's a time jump. They uh, don't make backward time jumps clear. Mm. So there's flashbacks where I'm like, she fucking jumped out of a building! She should not be alive. Like, you see her dead. Yeah. She should not be alive. And it's because that was, like, ten years prior. Uh, um, there's some there's some of that stuff. So it's just kind of like you got to be aware of that going in. And I think if you're aware of that going in, it's going to be a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I, – I could rave about it all the time. It's a gr- – I really like it. I'm going to go watch it again. If okay. a show is able to – if a show has a, has a game that's related to it and it's able to stop me from playing Batman Arkham City mm-hmm. to go – do that to go play that game that's impressive mm-hmm. because i was in the middle of arkham city and i said fuck that i'm gonna go play the witcher 
Well, and right. I beat The Witcher over the. I beat it two days ago. Nice. Uh, so that's uh, transitioning into my next bunch of nuts too. I'm playing Witcher. Um, I have this problem with games that don't let you go back to play. Uh, so when it's it's a RPG, it's an open ended <laughs> game. It's an open world game, and there's all these side quests and stuff. And I start off every game like that just doing everything. Like, mm-hmm. I am going into every single building, talking to every single person. And that kind of right. goes through, like, act, all the way Act 1. Act 2, I'm a little less nitpicky. Like, I'll kind of, like, uh, I'll, I'll talk to people, but I'm not going into every single building if I don't feel like it's important. Right. Um, and then Act 3, when things are just going nuts, I'm like, fuck all the side quests, I'm going to the end. Right. And I do that, and I did that with The Witcher, but the problem is when you beat the game, you beat the game. Mm. And you miss all those. Which, I don't, I'm, I've got a problem with it because I want to go back and do all that stuff. Right. But it does, like, it's stuff like Mass Effect and Assassin's Creed that you can go back and, uh, Mass Effect 1 does that. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 2, you can continue playing and you can finish all your missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Assassin's Creed, it's all memory stuff anyway. Like, you do it everything out of Mr. Yeah. order. So I love that. But um, I'm going to – we are doing an episode in a while, assuming I don't move away in six months, about The Witcher mm-hmm. um, with Emily guesting because she's reading the books. I want to play through all the games, and I want everyone to rewatch the show multiple times. Okay. And we're going to do a full comprehensive The Witcher episode talking about this stuff. Sounds everything's cool. based on the book. That reminds me of one more What You've Been Up To. We'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Uh, and then also, if you ever want to play The Witcher game, and you also want to watch the show, watch the show first. Because it's really interesting, mm. because the show is based on the books. It's based right. heavily in the books. Like, very clearly stories from the books from the mm-hmm. short it's season one is kind of like three the reason i mentioned kind of phases it's three of the short stories basically mm-hmm. and but they have a place they want to go with it um the games take place after the short stories okay and there's something that they did in the show that just made me so happy to be a game player like i didn't realize it until i went and played the game mm-hmm. but the trailer for the first game has some shot for shot it's it, something happens in like episode four. That's basically the trailer for the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a certain fight he does. And there's some shot for shot moments in the, in the show, which means uh-huh. that they actually are like treating the gamers. Well, they're like, yes, we're drawing from the books, but also if you play the games, we're going to show you this little bit of like that's, affection. That's really nice. And I love it. Like, I didn't know that when I watched the show, but right. then I went and played the game and the game booted up and it played that trailer. I'm like, that is exactly what happened in the show. And it made me so happy. And then when you're playing the game, there's all these references to things that have been in the past, uh-huh. which feel like references to the show because the show did the things that happened in the past. Oh, that's and really it just fun. Felt really good to to know what's going on because yeah. I got to witness what was going on. Yeah. Um. But if you just played The Witcher back in 2003 when it came out, fucking, it would have been all this like hidden lore and like you'd have to read this flavor text and stuff like that, which is fine. Right. That's flavor text is a good thing to do. Um. Assuming it's not horribly done. Uh, 
but having seen it, it just felt really good that there's like this multifaceted world of like a continuous story. Mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned wanting to do that kind of stuff where like I have a story that I want to tell in different mediums, a, a short film, a video game, a graphic novel, stuff like that, like mm-hmm. where it's a continuous story, but it changes based on what's happening in the story to adjust to a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels like it does that. It's not, but it feels like it is. And I love it. At some point you tell it through an actual medium. you kill yourself and then come back <laughs> as a ghost through a medium and just tell the story god damn it um or you just put it on a shirt that's a medium <sighs> but so i did that uh and i started playing witcher 2 which they read which witcher Witcher 2 which 2 witcher 2 which 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 the sandwich okay yeah witcher 2 the sandwich glad we cleared <laughs> that up uh I don't like when video games massively change their mechanic mm. and then expect you to kind of pick up on it immediately. Because mm-hmm. um, there was this, like, it does the tutorial thing where it's like, hey, this is how you do combat. And it's massively different from the first game. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how you do in, like, this little trial run thing, it's like, we recommend this difficulty. Like, we recommend beginner. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Medium. <laughs> and I, I figured it out. I got that. I got yeah. used to the thing. But it's, you know. Um, I think that's. I've been listening to Half Alive, which is a band. Okay. They have one EP and one album out, and the album out, album came out like five months ago, and I just really dig it a lot. Okay. Um, I'd recommend if you're interested in like new music and kind of indie, not not like kind of pop rock, uh, pop rocks. Uh, I recommend listening to Still Feel Period by Half Half Alive. That's a okay. It's a good song. All right. I dig it. Right. Unless you're like not into that. Like Matt's not into that. Not, so you're not so into that. It, no. What was your other what you went up to? Uh, my other what you went up to is on all my flights, I read a lot of Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, cool. Because um, I kind of forget that exists until I'm on an airplane. And then I'm like, oh, I can read like eight chapters. Yeah. <laughs> um, And so I'm still doing the combined reading order for Feast for Crows and Dance. I think we settled on In Lieu of Dragons. Yeah. I think that was the, yep, in the, lieu the proper preposition. Best proposition. The prepper proposition. Boss proposition? The prepper proposition. Prepper prep? I propose we build a bunker and do some doomsday prepping. That's the prepper proposition. We need some pepper. Yes. That's the, pro- it's the prepper, pep- pepper, prepper, popper. Pro- <laughs> the proper pepper pe- prepper proposition. <laughs> but we have to be poor. No. So let's be <laughs> pepper Pepper popper prepper proper the proper proper pepper popper proper popper God damn it. I hate us. Oh, that was fun. We should do that again sometime. Um someone could come up with the longest that's that's what the that's what the challenge is for this one. Come up with the longest not it's not even a tongue twister. It's kind of a tongue twister. It's not really your tongue that's doing it though. Yeah. Uh, if you can come up with the best expansion of that, do it. Mm-hmm. Pepper, popper, proper, prepper, proposition. Mm-hmm. The proposition is what fucks it up because everything's prepper, uh, pepper. That one's propa. Mm-hmm. So it like proposition. Yeah, that up. has to be that has to be the ending. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm doing the the boiled leather boiled leather combined reading order from a, a Game of Thrones blog that um, talks about it and i really like their reading order because it keeps things relatively true to the order of the book Mm -hmm. um it combines things that work well i talked about this last time i talked about reading these um there's a 
there's a, a Sam chapter in a feast for crows and then a John chapter in a dance with dragons. Yes. You wouldn't run into those if you're reading the book straight through. Cause they're like 800 pages of material apart, yeah. but it's the exact same scene from two different perspectives. that puts a very different spin mm-hmm. on the events that are going on right there. Yep. And that's really cool. Um, the order also, it tells kind of the, the Dorn plot that's going on throughout these two books in a much mm-hmm. more cohesive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some very interesting stuff. You you need to get into these because there's so much stuff that happens in these books that's just nowhere in the show that really fleshes out the story in some interesting and satisfying ways. Yeah, that'd be that'd be important. That's why you struggle with what Marv Wolfman and George yeah. Perez. There's too many words getting in the way of those pictures. Yeah, all those words. Yeah. I don't even know how to read them. They look like Greek to me. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> um, <coughs> I will say the water helps. Your voice is significantly clearer now that you're drinking yep. water. Have I finished? I've finished. Um, yeah, but uh, those are those are good. They're entertaining. Um, Tyrion's a terrible person. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, in the uh, books, he kind of they they whitewashed him for the show. Uh, <laughs> um, he's wait, fun. He's fun. Terrible. That's not the right phrase. Yeah, different whitewash. Huh? Different whitewash. Be careful with that. Yeah, you, you, we can get caught in some real deep shit if, if yeah. we consider whitewashing making someone <laughs> better. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but he's yeah, he's 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 bad. Um, but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm liking. There's so many little details and bits of foreshadowing and crossover ideas and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. What are you sparking about? It's just nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about right. it. Okay. It has nothing to do with the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, news. News. Oh, wait. Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Mandalorian. Okay. Yep. Good ending. I liked it. Um, There was some bad writing in that finale, but yeah. Um, the literal deus ig machina, ig machina. Is that the way to say it? Deus Ig Machina. Deus Ig, Deus Ig Machina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a fan of that, but. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, oh, I have another watch of it up too. Jesus Christ. Uh, we're at like 30, like 40 minutes. That was always going to happen. Oh, we're at 30 minutes. And that's also including the time that you went up and got water. So we're going to be okay. We're just fine. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It had some really funny moments. Uh, Taika Waititi knows how to direct. Yeah. That's, that's for fucking sure. Uh, you could tell that the script was something that Taika wasn't entirely on board with. Right. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's like we got his name. Mm-hmm. We got we got the full backstory, like which is mm-hmm. good because that's a question that needed to be answered in this season. Right. And they, I think they did it very efficiently, yep. explaining an, everything we wanted to know about the character yep. with basically no dialogue. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, we now have him being a dad to baby Yoda. Yep. Which, so, I mean, we're getting Teenage Yoda in the next one. Dude, can we get a fucking Teenage Groot with Baby Yoda? <laughs> can you imagine having a teenager that can use the Force? Cough, cough, season three of Stranger Things. Two. Season two of Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, having Rick raising a teenager with superpowers. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. I also like the... It did... It kind of after having Baby Yoda use the Force in Episode Two 
um, when I kind of lost my shit about that, mm-hmm. they kind of did a good job of pulling that back where it's like that was a one-off, almost a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. And then having the um, the Forge, the blacksmith, explain the Jedi in a way – in a in a – from a position of someone who doesn't know who the Jedi are. Right. It's just like these sorcerers that just like fought wars and shit, like called the Jedi. And Mm -hmm. um, this, uh, the fact that they were saying things that were incorrect made it feel authentic because like, they were like, Oh, so this this species, this is a kind of people. This is a Jedi. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. he's not a Jedi. And she's like, he's not the enemy. That 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 was the enemy. Right. This kid's not the enemy. Right. And kind of that really good like there is a gray area or not even a gray area. There's there's exceptions to everything. Right. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, can we also acknowledge the fucking dark saber? <laughs> yeah, we can. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh! Gus Fring with a dark saber. Sign me up. <laughs> I am. I was really hoping for a dark saber, but I was hoping for like a like the top Mandalorian, like getting a Mandalorian clan and then mm. top guy with one. But this is even better. Oh, like yeah. he stole it from a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to hear a lot more about that. Yeah, I like having this. I like what I like what there is ahead. Yeah, they got rid of what I didn't like, and they there's some stuff that's ahead that I'm really gonna enjoy. Yeah, so. Um, can I just acknowledge, I, I really loved that scene sort of at the beginning with the two stormtroopers just um, yes! sitting on their speeder bikes. Oh my god, that was so that was funny. brilliant. That was fully Taika Waititi's yeah. responsibility, or, uh, uh, baby. Like, there was no way that was in the script. He was just like, let's have these two guys shooting the shit. And it felt so authentic. And those two guys are good actors. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was in, it, like, that was humanizing the stormtroopers we never knew we needed. Yeah. And also, I love like the missing the shot, like, and then and then like shakes his gun. It's clearly the gun rattling, yeah. But like, <laughs> oh man, that was that was perfect on so many levels. Yep, really liked that. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think it came together nicely. It's not. It was also a good way of introducing uh, whatever his name is as like just this maniacal evil guy. Yeah. It's like, did you hear what they just said? He just killed several guys to make a point. Yep. And then he's like, uh, guy, don't come down. Uh, he just shot a guy for interrupting him. Could be a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, uh, like what happens to, that's a question that all these nerd sites always ask. Like what happens to the little random underlings when the, the bad guy's off monologuing? Did they just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is that they just kind of sit there. They're just sitting there and they're like they're trying mean, to shoot a, a beer bottle. <laughs> that was amazing. That was uh, scene. Yeah. So I also uh, we don't talk about Mandalorians. No, I wanted to say okay, yeah. um, big picture. This was a show that I think needed to kind of come together at the end. And it, it did. Yeah. It's not brilliant, but it had enough good moments that I'm excited for season two. Yeah. Also, it totally lost Disney money. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's losing not didn't lose them money, but uh, it's projected to be able to lose the money because um, the amount of people they need to have Disney Plus to justify having Disney Plus, I believe right now is not the right amount because so many people are canceling after Mandalorian mm. um, because that's all people were on Disney plus for is the shows because in my opinion, this is, this is not opinion. This is a fact that I probably am way up wrong on anyone who wants to see all the, like that are obsessed enough about Disney to ha- like see all these things all the time, mm-hmm. probably have them. Mm. So I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I probably am uh, totally wrong. Uh, on that. I don't know. But yeah. Um, 
I watched Harley Quinn. I'm caught up on Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Still an amazing show. I recommend you watch it. I need to get into it. It's yeah. so funny. There was one. Um, so th- they have Clayface, who is just like, uh, he's an actor and stuff. And they were like doing a thing. Uh, they were their heist was going wrong, and he was like, "Boy, I could really use a Deus Ex Machina right now." <laughs> and then a Deus Ex Machina happens. <laughs> And then the and then King Shark's like, man, sorry you didn't get whatever that Deus Ex Mach or Deus Ex whatever it was, but I'm glad this guy came out of nowhere to save us with no with no leading or no no lead up or uh, foreshadowing towards it. <laughs> it's it's the right amount of dead. It's it's Deadpool done really 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 well in the DC world. Mm-hmm. Like Harley Quinn is the character that you want for Deadpool. And right. it's so much funnier because they can do so much more with it because of, like, they can do sexism with it. Right. You can't do sexism or racism or anything like that. They did, uh, they did a racism thing. King Shark was <laughs> King Shark was in, a, was in prison. And they were, about, they were breaking him out. And he was, like, about to walk out. And then a new prisoner came in. Everyone's like, hey, look at this fresh fish. And he's like, guys, I know it's all fun and games, but what did I tell you about using that fucking word? <laughs> His eyes get all like giant and angry. <laughs> and it's just this. It's so fucking funny. I laugh all the time with it. It's an amazing show, and I recommend it if you have Disney uh, DC Universe. Okay. It's great, and I cannot wait to see more of it. All right. Ah, oh, it's so funny. All the characters are so perfect. They're all perfectly different, and they all interact in such perfect ways. You have to watch it so much. I'll get into it. But if I open up DC Universe, that's going to remind me that I never finished Swamp Thing. Now, who gives a shit? I kind of want to finish it. Eh, watch Harley Quinn first. Yeah, and okay. then when you're waiting for the next episode, watch Swamp Thing. Okay. Because they're only like 20-minute episodes. Oh, So yeah. you breeze through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. It's great. All right. News? News! Speaking of Deadpool, apparently Deadpool 3 is in development at Marvel. Yep. Saw that. Ryan Reynolds, which... Good. Hope they do the right thing by it, by the property, and do Deadpool right. Yeah. I doubt. I doubt it. I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna end up being a PG thirteen. Yeah, I'm. I'm concerned, but I mean, they've they've said they're willing to go R with it, and if Ryan Reynolds is still on board, that means they haven't done anything to make him jump ship yet. We also don't have T.J. Miller anymore. It's true. So we'll see how that kinda, how, what happens. Could be. Could be a plus. Yep. Yep. Is that it? No. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about the big news of the week? <gasps> the one that you sent me. I opened my phone and I had nine texts from you about. <laughs> <laughs> I am so ready for Quiet Place 2. I was not expecting to be this ready for Quiet Place 2. I, after that teaser, I was like ready for it because I, I'm glad he's doing something different with it. Yeah. But also, they, they're they going to answer questions. Yep. Possibly put more questions in there. Yep. It's going to be all the road, but with Emily Blunt. And Emily, and uh, <laughs> I almost said Emily Killian, but Killian Murphy, that's the name. That's Killian Murphy? Yeah, with the beard. Holy shit, I didn't, I've never <laughs> seen him with a beard. His face is so, like, distinct without a beard. Yeah, it's so, like, smooth and I've never creepy. seen, it's always shiny. Yes. <laughs> it's a very nice face, I He's think. A nice it's face. a weird one, but it's I a nice I did not one. know that was him. Yeah. Did we know he was going to be in it? Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. I never remember this stuff. <laughs> but I am so ready for this. Yeah. Like, just the disenfranchisement of someone having – they're going to be – there's going to be several different – because there, there's uh, several layers of characters. Because there's going to 
you've got those disenfranchised people interacting with the people that there's hope. But you don't have, like, the disenfranchised person talking to someone who's kind of starting to get disenfranchised already because stabbed her foot, lost her son, lost her husband, and then the kids who were just kind of like, fuck's going on? I'm just kind of raised in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, this then, – then there's the baby element of the whole thing. And it's – there's so much that could go so well with this. Yeah. But there's also a ton that can go wrong. But I'm not even thinking about that because I don't think it's going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm so just the the shot of them in the car where going they, backwards and they, and they and go backwards the and the bus is oh, oh oh man John Krasinski is very good at his job <laughs> both of his jobs <laughs> all three of his jobs being acting, husband writing, to directing. Emily Blunt <laughs> going acting writing directing but I guess also being husband yeah to Emily Blunt. no that was that was thrilling that made that, me that made me feel like i was watching the first one for the first time i again. got literal goosebumps from that that was awesome because it's discreet and discreet is good yeah and, oh i am i'm very excited for this i am very interested to see what the uh his whole thing about like trying to get people killed mm-hmm. like he's not killing people that alarm system's not for him that alarm system's just the security like it's just a turret but using the enemy. well so so killing people's always a noisy business i've yeah. found um and so <laughs> you don't want to be making that much noise in this world and so if you can just get a bunch of noise around the people yep. they're gonna be making noise and freaking out that's and what trying I, to run that's what i was saying yeah, it's like it's the solution he's not killing him he's using the environment to kill them and the right. environment, environment being whatever the fuck those things are that's the way to do it that's why he's still alive what do you think he's gonna call them um scarecrows <laughs> All right, <laughs> I th- I'm kind of concerned that he's gonna do that cliche like avoiding the name thing, like them, like them, and like the things and like stuff like that. Like, have the guy come up with a creative name for it, or like have like a. I mean, they never they never named him in the first one. That's true. It was really, just, but that was because it was more of just like this around us thing it was more of an mm-hmm. environment threat yeah this but now one. it's like specific objects now after the end okay. of that movie you know that, that's a good point they, they become actual players in the game yeah um i'm wondering if maybe it was kind of like fuck we got us where they just didn't mention the name because they didn't need to mm-hmm. um but like maybe they had names before the whole world went to shit like they when things was going to shit maybe it took like a few weeks and they had a name for it mm-hmm. um something like that i don't know um but, like, the whole thing with The Walking Dead where they never call them zombies, mm-hmm. it's just like, you're going to run out of names. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I love John Krasinski. Yep. He's a sexy, sexy man. Yep. All right. Any other news? Um, I have two small items of good news. Okay. Uh, the headline, Bird Box Composer Slam's Netflix movie is a waste of his time. Damn. That's uh, Trent Reznor, by the way. Oh, yeah. He did the social network, yes. which we'll get to very soon. Okay. Staring um, at it, and it's actually <clears throat> highlighted on my notes. Okay. Very good. Uh, yeah. I don't like that movie. It's bad in a lot of ways that really irritate me. Yeah. Um, it commits, which I'm coming to, di- what I'm coming to discover is my, my worst movie crime, which is it takes tension for granted. 
it assumes that you feel tension because there's a bad guy and a good guy, uh-huh. or like a monster and a human. And you really don't in this situation because the creatures are just kind of amorphous and yeah. ill-defined and you don't know what their powers or motivations are. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's not mysterious. It's just kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see someone as high profile as him take a steaming dump on their heads. Good. Uh, speaking of steaming dumps, Cats movies on track to lose $71 million. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the meme of uh, Ian McKellen? No. Oh my God. Do you know what the meme is of the girl, the woman yelling at the cat? Yep. So there's a meme of that, that's Ian McKellen, which I presume is the Hobbit. Uh, he's like ranting about the Hobbit and he's mm-hmm. like pointing at someone saying, this is not what I got into acting. Mm-hmm. And then it's the cat. Uh. Yelling at the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, that's good. That is, that's very good. Oh God. That movie just, and it's hilarious. People ask, like, oh, why do these all these big actors and actresses get into it? It's like, well, it's because a lot of these guys started in Broadway. Idris Elba started in Broadway and probably did Cats. And, like, and mm-hmm. Ian McKellen, like, they they started in Broadway. So when they were told we're making a movie about this Broadway, this famous Broadway musical, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. could probably be good. Then they, then they got wrapped into this fucking ca- catastrophic CGI mess, disgusting garbage. Pun intended. That's very... Never mind. You'll figure it out. Catastrophic. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just no. It, it's bad, and it's not really their fault. They thought it was going to be good, and then they signed a contract, and then it was this. So, I have not seen the movie. I read something really interesting about it, and that is that Cats is an F movie. Something like um, pay F, press F to pay respect. I'm going to shoot you in the head. <laughs> Something like, uh, let's say Green Lantern is like a D-minus movie. It's aggressively mediocre. It knows it's aggressively mediocre. It does okay. a lot of things wrong. It's bad. It's dumb. Yep. Cats wanted to be a good movie. Yeah. Everyone involved cared about this project and was going all out, which makes it so much more interesting that it's just a complete failure. Yeah. It's uh, it's sort of like uh, Serenity was for me, the the 2019 one with um, uh, Matthew McHogany and Anne Hathaway. Yep. It's... It's bad. It's so bad, but everyone was so invested in it, and they made a really interestingly bad movie. So I'm kind of I I'll, I'll wait till it shows up on streaming, but I kind of want to see it just because I'm intrigued to see something like this. Yeah, because this kind of movie does not come along very often. Where is, it's it's that level of bad, but everyone was committed to making a great. It's movie. still in the theaters, and we already know it's going to be a booze and booze at some point. Yeah, like it's yeah yeah. Well. Um, oh, I have one more one more news that's not really pop culture related. Um, it's chess related. So of course it is. Uh, there's this guy that when I was in high school, <clears throat> he kind of appeared on the scene. He I think he picked up the game kind of late. Um, and the first time I played him, I was like 500 points higher rated. And I was like, I'm going to squish this kid. Yeah. And he beat me. The second time we played him, I was like 200 points higher rated. This is like the same year. Yeah. It's like. Well, I need revenge. And he beat me. No, no. And he beat me like six times in a row. And I finally sneaked one in. And he's he beat me a couple times since then. Uh-huh. Um, so that's Aaron Grabinski is his name. Uh, okay. And he went to Webster University for school, which is probably the best chess school in the country. Okay. Um, the, they're a small school in St. Louis. And so I think he's studying computer science or something there. Of course he is. Um, but he's also playing for their chess team. Uh 
he was <clears throat> so he's he's very good he was playing for their their fourth team at the national championship for the past three years he played for fourth board on their third team this year and scored five and a half points out of six at the the pan american which is like college national championships and basically Damn. saved their team and brought the webster c team their third best team into the final four holy shit um and then plays played the charlotte open is still playing the charlotte open this weekend and in his second game, beat a grandmaster, which was the final push he needed to officially earn his international master title. Oh, my God. So go Aaron. And you've played him before. I've beaten him before. You've beaten a grandmaster. International master. International, international master. A guy who went on to become an international master. <laughs> which uh, I'm just, I'm excited for him because he's, he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, this has been a long time coming. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Good job, Aaron. Works Yay, Aaron. Shout out to Aaron who doesn't listen to this. Yep. <laughs> All right. Should we get into it? Now we can get into it. So today we're going to sum up. It's 2020. Yep. It's our 2020 hindsight episode. The 2020 hindsight episode. I've been making to wait that movies. joke since March. What? I've been waiting to make that joke since March. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh... So we've been talking the past year about all the movies that came out that year. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of movies that came out in 20 in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Yep. Or the teens. Or the 10s. Yeah. The ones we don't know what to call it. It's the aughts and the 10s and or the teens or the tweens or the... I just call them the 2010s. 2010s. That's so long, though. I know. 10s. That decade. The last decade. A lot of movies came out. <coughs> yep. A lot of good ones. Not so bad ones. Or not some good, not not so good ones. Looking at you, Hellboy. Looking directly at Hellboy. <laughs> like, if that, like, literally, if you had to put a category of good and bad, you would basically be the only one in bad, relatively. <laughs> you saw Crimes of Grindelwald, yeah? You saw Hellboy, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you put it that way. <laughs> um, um, so what we're going to do, I did the most... I, or I did. I'm not gonna say I did the most. I did a lot of research and stuff. Uh, Matt's voice is sore, so I'm probably gonna take this one, and we can. Ma- Matt, did you have a plan on how we were gonna? I thought we would one? we would talk some big picture trends, and then at the end we'd reveal our grand combined top ten by using our top twenty, and we kind of haven't done that yet. Okay, like so actually combining we our top twenty. We haven't combined 20s. it. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But well, kind of the way I want to go into this is to talk about a trend that I'm gonna. I'm going to go through all 10 years Mm -hmm. and say there's a trend that I'm going to point out later. Okay. But what I'm going to start, what I'm going to do for each year is where I'm going to read off only the movies that there are four sources that share in their top 10. Okay. So I chose four sources. I chose Metacritic, Uh which is all critics. Yep. I chose Rolling Stone, which is amateur critics. Mm -hmm. I chose IMDb, which is purely popularity. Mm -hmm. And I chose Ranker. Because I fucking hate Ranker. They're the worst. They're the worst. They probably put Hellboy in their top ten. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read only the three or oh, not three, three in 2010. Only the movies in the, in each year that were shared across those four. And then, do you happen to have your list and then the year that those movies came out? Um, I have my list and I know which year these came out. Okay. And then I want to talk about those. I just want to like briefly every year. Movies that they were shared in the top ten, and then our favorites from that year. Okay. So 2010, 
The movies that Metacritic, IMDb, Rolling Stone, and Ranker all thought were in the top ten were Social Network, okay. Toy Story Three, okay. and King's Speech. Okay. All three of those were in the top. Were in those. Um, personally, my favorites from 2010 were Social Network, Black Swan, and King's Speech. Okay. Wasn't a. You know what? Give me half a second. I want to pull up IMDb just so I can have a list of like all gotcha. of my favorites. Okay. Um, I really liked Black Swan from 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I really like from 2010? Give me a second. I have to go. I have to go to 2010, and then I have to. Did you ever watch the, the Prophet? You were rating the Prophet. Vaguely remember you saying the Prophet. I don't remember saying. Uh, the other movies prophet. that are notable that came out. Uh, popularity. I can go. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go to the IMDb one. Inception. I really liked Inception. Had a Trainer Dagon kick ass. Uh, Shutter Island. Like that Scott one. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Tangled. Yeah. You really like Tangled? I don't really like Tangled. I think it's better than Frozen. What was the one that you really liked? Zootopia. Zoo- oh, that's right, yeah. Um, so those are the ones that were like really outstanding that mm-hmm. that came out. Uh, the Fighter. I think you mentioned you really liked The Fighter. I've seen the tw- oh, 127 fighters, hours. Fighter's good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what were your 2010? You're still working on pulling it up. Uh, my 2010. Um, so the way I I sort of Let's say top 10. Don't do your top 10. <clears throat> no. Just uh, the the way I got to my um, sort of trying to build down to my top 20 list that uh-huh. we'll combine in a bit here, is I took first I took every movie that I gave nine stars or above in one of these years, and from 2010 there's three: Inception, Shutter Island, Black Swan. Okay. I thought you didn't really like the the ending at Sh- of Shutter Island. I think we remember you saying yeah. that you weren't a huge fan of the ending. Not really, but I liked the rest of it so much. Okay. Because nice I know uh, that's – so the ones that I say my favorites are the ones that are going to be in my top 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just – Okay. Keeping it short, uh, I just don't – because we've got 10 years to get through. Yeah. And then also an episode, uh, email to read and <laughs> yeah. talk about. So I'm kind of keeping it like ridiculously short. Okay. So that's what came out. Any comments you want to make about 2010? Um, this was kind of before the franchise boom had really blown up. I think yeah. we were, we were in the throes of it. So Harry Potter was going, Hunger Games was starting. We had, we've had our um, first MCU movies. We've had our first MCU movies, but they hadn't really come together at that point. Right. Um, DCEU was not, not even, not even a, not even a thing. Um, Star Wars was still extinct. Yep. R- retired, I guess would be the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a year. There were some movies that came out. This was also, uh, this was back, I think during the height of the Clone Wars show, oh, yeah. which is what then bred what comes out now because people like our age mm-hmm. were watching this show in 2010. We got older in 2016 and they were like, Hey, we're going to make some Star Wars movies for you guys. And yeah. then they did. And then this is what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's 2010. Any final comments on 2010? Not really. Cool. 2011. One movie across the four. Okay. Harry Potter 7.2. Uh, Deathly hmm. Alice Part 2. Yeah. I just said 7.2, so I don't have to write the whole thing Wait, out. We know what you mean. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. A lot of similarities between IMDb and Ranker, and that's just going to be the natural trend through all of this. Yeah. Because they just go purely off uh, popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's we got, uh, we got the first Avenger. We got Thor. We got X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the, like you mentioned, we were franchises are kind of. It was the calm before yeah. the storm in twenty uh, twenty ten and twenty eleven is like all right. We're starting to get here. We're going. Yeah. Um, notably, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy yep. is uh, in there and Drive, which you don't like. I don't hate. You don't hate, but you don't like it as much as you should. Right. Everyone should like yep. Drive. 
Um, I actually had two in my top 20 from this year, and that's Bullhead and Shame. Bullhead and Shame? Neither of them are in either of those four lists. in either of those four lists. Yep. That is fucking indie. People have no taste. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's also Rot Poda, so there's uh, that franchise is coming out. Rot Poda. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, that one's yeah, so that's coming off. out. Um, what were the other ones? No, that's pretty much it. Those are all the... Oh, uh, didn't you mention The Descendants? Uh, I've never seen it. Didn't you mention With George that? Clooney? Wait, what was the one that the guy that directed Hellboy that did? Uh, the Descent. The Descent. And that's hey. from like 2007. Okay. All right. Any other comment? Any comments for 2011? No. Nope. Nothing. Uh, 2012. One movie shared. Lincoln. Really? I yeah. forgot that movie came out. That's in all four of these. Huh. That is uh, number eight for Metacritic. Number nine for IMDb. Number six for Render, <coughs> and number four for Rolling Stone. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's incredible that it, like it's interesting to see. Uh, movies that are on Metacritic lower in the, like, on the top ten, but lower. It almost feels right. like it should be the opposite. Like, if it makes it to the top ten of uh, popular stuff, mm-hmm. then it's going to be really up there because it, everyone saw it and it's amazing. Lincoln kind of feels like King's Speech. It's sort of a, a popular, sophisticated movie. Yeah. There's not a lot of action, but at the same time, your average moviegoer can watch it and appreciate it. And kind of feels like they're watching something a little more artsy fartsy and sophisticated. Yeah. But it is sort of aimed at more of that popular audience, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a kind of an awkward meeting point where the critics recognize it as yeah, you know, I mean, it's good, mm-hmm. but it's not like that top tier, really independent stuff that's actually going to have yeah. teeth to it. Yeah. And the um sort of the average movie gore misrecognizes it as sort of that critical darling independent yeah. powerful kind of movie and they probably give it more credit than they really feel yeah i, I, I get that yeah um franchise wise hobbit yeah wait <laughs> uh dark knight rises yeah uh skyfall so that james bond is it's, well, it's still going that still never going. really that's stopped. yeah um the avengers yep 2012 uh, Prometheus. Oh, that came out. Yep, that's not in my top tens. No, it, so it did not exist. It was. It did not belong in the top tens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so my favorites of the year are Dark Knight Rises and Les Mis. Okay. Les Mis came out that year, and I'm a huge fan of musicals. Well, all right then. And also musicals with like Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. Hector Man. Yeah. And everyone else in there was pretty also attractive. I think. Yep. <laughs> But also the music is amazing, and I love Les Mis. I love yeah. the story of it. Yep. Um, I didn't have anything from this that made my top 20. Um, I really like Dark Knight Rises. I think it gets more flack than it deserves. Um, mm-hmm. I like Seven Psychopaths quite a bit. Um, and I'll, that came out. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a small plug for Silver Linings Playbook, which is really yeah. fun. But that was uh, That is on here somewhere. That's in the Rolling Stone top 10. Yeah. I think this was kind of the point where sort of independent and serious movies hit their low point, mm-hmm. and then they start to ebb up later in the decade. As Zero we'll get Dark to. Thirty uh, came out. That's number two in the Rolling Stone, and yeah. that's one of like the four movies that came out in like 2011, 2012 of like all the Obama or Osama assassination mm-hmm. stuff. Like everyone wanted to make a movie about the Bin Laden assassination, yep. which is you could do it better. Yeah, there was Seal Team Six. There was uh, there's another one that I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yep. Um, Looper. 
Looper. Oh, Looper came out. Oh, yeah. I like Looper. Uh, anything else for nope. 2012? Let's hit it. Let's move on. Uh, 2013. Two movies shared. 12 Years a Slave and American Hustle. Mm. I'm surprised American Hustle made it on that. I like it. No, oh, I, I, I made it. Sorry. That, I, that made it in. I'm surprised that Ranker gave a shit about 12 Years a Slave and American uh, Hustle. <laughs> well, I mean, 12 Years a Slave could be a bit of virtue signaling. And, uh, um, to put it in perspective, here are the other movies that are on Ranker. Uh, not all of them, because there's some good ones on there, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunger Games Catching Fire, Hobbit 2, and... Hunger Games Catching Fire is fantastic. Is no that one... really? Yeah, that's a nine-star movie for me. Oh. Let no one tell you otherwise. Okay, I thought it was... I. It's not that I thought it was bad. I just kind of you think assumed. they're all bad. Yeah. yeah. No, that one's 76 on Metacritic. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, like, within the margin of error of Dark Knight. Yeah, and that's yeah. It didn't make it to the top ten of Metacritic. No, but uh, Metacritic stuff like Inside Lewin Davis Woo. and her and stuff like Woo. that. Um, but yeah, uh, stuff like uh, my favorites. Nothing came from this year. Not Lock. Or was that that next wasn't year? in my top ten. I so what I did is I went through like the right. top tens and I chose from there because I don't have a good strategy of like just remembering all my movies and favorites. Yeah. Locke would have been my top 20 now that I'm thinking of uh, I'm going to see if I can slide it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a way, find a place for it. Got him. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, it's, you know, that's going to be an honorable mention. Okay. Towards the end. Just because I, I can't fit it in there. I have, I have a quick list of honorable mentions we'll get to. Okay. Um, uh, in my top 20, the only one that made it from 2013 was Europa Report. Oh, that also, get, that's also my honorable mentions. <laughs> Damn it. I got to write uh, that down. Uh, Locke. Eh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Uh, what was that? Europa. Europa Report. Um, I I liked Inside Lewin Davis. Um, I it was tough to cut Prisoners. Um, Catching Fire is a much better movie than you'd expect it to be. Okay. Um, a, a lot of other movies I liked but didn't love that we talked about in that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that for twenty twelve, uh, twenty thirteen. Any final comments about the overall twenty twelve? Because I don't well, that's when too much well, that's it. that's when Man of Steel came out, yes, and we were really starting to like. Yep. Everyone's trying to copy the MCU model. The Conjuring now. started, so that whole franchise. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Great Gatsby came out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm trying not to dwell too much on each year because we did a full episode on them, guys. Go fucking listen to those. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it seems like the franchise franchise movies are kind of in full swing at this point. Yeah. Really starting to kick into gear. Yep. Um, 2014. So. No movies were shared across all four. Okay. However, Boyhood <coughs> was number one on Metacritic and Rolling Stone and number two on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Nothing else in Ranker. Nah. Sit down, Ranker. Here are the movies that are in Ranker. Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Number two, X-Men Ooh. Days of per- Future Past. Number three, Gone Girl. Actually, pretty good. Yeah, good movie. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Interstellar, the Lego Movie, Edge of Tomorrow, Grand Budapest Hotel, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Whiplash. So they had some good ones in there, but like that's a safe good list. It's a safe good list, with the exception of a couple. Like putting it alongside everything else makes it look like trash. Yeah, <laughs> having Guardians as number one when Guardians is not on any of the other three Guardians. just makes it look dumb. And Guardians is a bad movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I gotta keep saying it. Guardians, regardless Guardians of what you feel about it, the fact that it's the number two, the two top. The top two mm-hmm. are not in any of the other three. Yeah. Just goes to prove my point that I'm going to get to later. Yep. Um, what was happening franchise-wise right about now? Uh, the Winter Soldier 
came it, out. There's Future Past, there's you future mentioned. Past Guardians. Lego Movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Mockingjay Part 1, How to Train Your Dragon Part 2. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's um, the 2014 one. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Maze Runner, Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. A busy year for franchise movies. Yeah, no kidding. Um, independent movies, kind of kind of picking up at this point. Uh, a couple that made it to my top 20 were Ex Machina and The Babadook. Okay. Um, and then there was some good stuff like Leviathan. Um, you already mentioned Grand Budapest. Uh, Imitation Game is sort of a, I guess, a, a, a safe interesting movie yeah it's kind of that one came out it's kind of in that king's speech vein of like it's good but it's more popular good yeah i think oh i liked it i like it quite a bit it's it's like a nine-star movie for me Mm -hmm. but it does fall more in that king's speech realm of it's it's trying to straddle the line between uh capital vsd very serious drama sort of oscar Beatty kind of thing but also popular enough to make some money yeah all right the 20 i'm trying to do my honorable mentions uh (laughs) like trying to write it while i'm running this right uh 2015 again nothing shared across the four Mm -hmm. guess which one doesn't have a have a similar one to any of the other three ranker ranker you're starting to notice the trend that i'm going for and i'm going to elaborate on it a little bit more at the end yep but among the other three spotlight was shared Okay. Spotlight is number four on Metacritic, number one on Rolling Stone, and number eight on IMDb. Okay. Which makes sense. It's a pretty it's a it's a watchable movie, casually watchable movie. Yep. Um, and it's also very well put together. Yes, yes, it is. Um, what year did Locke come out? Uh, twenty. Twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. Thirteen, I think. Twenty ten. Um. When? What year was Europa Report? Thirteen. Oh damn it. <laughs> uh, you'll, I'll explain why I'm like okay. damn it later. Um, let's see. Uh, I had one in my top twenty from twenty fifteen, and that would be Mississippi Grind. Okay. Um, I really liked The Lobster. It was hard to cut. Rogue Nation. Um, Martian. Excuse me. Was good. Um, a lot of franchise movies. Mockingjay Part Two. Yep. Age of Ultron. Ant Man. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. We forget about that one sometimes. Uh, a little movie you might have heard of called Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. What What was that about? What, what franchise was that? Uh, I think that was a, a Star Trek reboot. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, but uh, did J.J. Abrams do it, didn't he? Right. Yeah, he likes a whole bunch of fan service stuff. He, yeah. he thrives in that Star Trek stuff. Yep. Also, Jurassic World, it's Terminator, a Star Wars movie, Terminator Genesis, <laughs> Spectre, Spectre, uh, Maze Runner sequel. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah I mean. It, franchise movies but also we're starting to get i think more like independent movies that catch the popular eye but are themselves independent enough to maintain their integrity so stuff like the lobster and the yeah. revenant and sicario we stuff saw that's those like, trailers in the theater those are serious movies and those are intended to be serious movies but people actually are starting to go out and see these kinds of things yeah exactly um so that was 2015 all right let's move uh, on my favorite was spotlight i do genuinely really enjoy spotlight it's a good movie um yeah. i gotta fuck what year is it? so it's 10 11 12 13 14 okay uh 16 guess what were there new movies shared between all four lists nope oh two movies shared across uh metacritic imdb and rolling stone moonlight and manchester by the sea Manchester by the Sea made it number two on Metacritic, number mm. one on IMDb, and number two on Rolling Stone. 
Moonlight was number one on Metacritic. Number and three Justin on by the Sea did not make number one on IMDb. Huh? IMDb had like eighteen lists for every year. Uh, I just chose <clears> the first one that came up on a Google uh, on the Google search <clears> because that's that's where I like that's the one that was the most popular. So Google spat it spat it at me. Okay. So that's where I got my IMDb. IMDb because IMDb lists are made by people. Yeah. Not by like. I didn't go by the IMDb rating. I went by oh, yeah. people going. This one was basically popular. Like, okay. as how popular as I could get. So, okay. what did casual people think? Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea. Didn't see either of them. Almost watched Moonlight today, actually, at work. Moonlight is Moonlight is good. Need to see it. It is very good. Um, Manchester by the Sea is better. Okay. I'll say that. Noted. So you're kind of on board with the Rolling Stone and the IMDb. I'm noticing you're closer to those than Metacritic, and I think it's like because mm-hmm. you're just not at the point of the critics yet. I like that very niche. I like my in in between space. Yeah, exactly. It's a good spot to be. Uh, a lot of franchise movies, I bet. Uh huh. Rogue One, Civil War, Deadpool, Moana, uh, uh, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, Ten Field, Cloverfield Lane. Not really a franchise, but close not really. Enough. Uh, Jungle Book, Split. Yeah. Star Trek Beyond, Doctor Strange. Yep. Uh, did you say Finding Dory? I did not say Finding Fantastic Dory. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Now you see me too. Suicide Squad, the Jack Reacher sequel that no one asked for. Warcraft. Remember when they thought that was going to be a thing? Oh, and Batman vs Superman: Colon Dawn of Justice. That I didn't make a note about that coming. Out. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Rough year, huh? <clears throat> a lot of a lot of bad a lot of good movies this year yeah um la la land cracked my top 20 yeah obviously manchester by the sea cracked my top 20 mm-hmm. zootopia cracked my top 20 arrival cracked my top 20 um hell or high water is honorable mention have that one on there that was honorable mention train to busan was close uh deadpool's hard to ignore silence is really good yeah yeah that's again a, and this was also like we started our podcast in 2017 yeah yeah so we were like you were you seem to have kind of just that's when you were getting to it this is when i was starting to get into watching a lot of movies yeah but also this started to seem like when again there's more high profile sort of the the oscar baity kind of dramas that are like serious and well done but also popularly understood like uh, moonlight's kind of a perfect example of that yeah super oscar baity but everyone's heard of it yeah and a lot of people have seen it more than you'd expect yep uh, my top, uh, my top, or my top twenty that were in this year are La La Land, Civil War, and Arrival. Okay. Uh, Civil War is I try to mix in like kind of my prioritizing like just it, it fun to watch and I will watch it multiple times because mm-hmm. um, that I had I put more effort into this I would have actually made a waiting system of um, things and ranked them based on that. I would and, have spent all year trying to do this list if yeah. I had done that. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Civil War made it in there. Uh, I'll talk about my honorable mentions when I uh, yep. when I talk about my rankings. Uh, any other comments on 2016? No. Had some real downers of DC movies, huh? Oh boy. Uh, 2017. One movie across all four. Okay. Hey, Ranker kind of came back up. Dunkirk. Of course. Of course, Dunkirk made yeah. it. Yeah, because Christopher Nolan, he's the sort of guy that makes like blockbusters that the critics like too yeah and this was the one that the critics liked the most of this yep that was number one on metacritic number one on rolling stone i'm gonna read the ranker list and you tell me how you feel about it 
Logan, Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Dunkirk, Spider-Man, Homecoming, Get Out, Thor, Ragnarok, Baby Driver, John Wick 2, Split. Notice a trend. Was that in order? That was in order of the ranker. Notice a trend. They really only give a shit about, like, superhero-based stuff. Yeah. Like, they exhausted the superhero stuff that came out this year yep. in their list. This is why I hate Ranker. This was a good year, though, because yes. Get Out made more than $150 million. Yep. Again, this is, a, this is an R-rated movie from a first-time director about a kind of unique niche topic. It's sort of a, a weird send up of black exploitation that's a horror movie yeah. that has a whole bunch of incisive social that's not the sort of movie that should be making 150 exactly. million dollars and yet it does yeah and people love it and like baby driver since when has edgar wright been popular that a lot of people watch that a lot of people yep. liked that uh there's like stuff call me by your name like mm-hmm. that was a popular one yeah uh, shape of water ladybird like it's just it's yeah the stuff that made it and it's starting to work yeah. Um. My top, uh, Dunkirk, Thor, Ragnarok, and Blade Runner. I had, let's see, I think I had four in my top 20 from this year, and those are Dunkirk, Three Billboards, Wind River, Florida Project, oh, and Loveless. So five of my top 20 were from this year, uh, and there were several honorable mentions, too. <clears throat> I will, didn't make my honorable mention list, but I'll point out Lady Bird. It's really great. Killing yep. of a Sacred Deer, really great. Um, ghost story really great but yep. this, this was a good year for movies yes and it's yeah it's got some downers but it's a good year yeah i haven't seen john wick too not so but good. yeah um fuck i'm like i'm trying to keep up with my things as i notice them mm-hmm. there we go uh okay 20 any last comments on 2017 nope 2018 <coughs> how many movies do you think shared um Scrolling through the list, scrolling through the list, uh, four. Zero. Zero? There are no movies that share across all four. Not Infinity War? Not Spider-Verse? Infinity War is not in Metacritic. Spider-Verse not in Metacritic. Metacritic got very niche this year. Oh, boy. Wow. Roma, Amazing Grace, Shoplifters, Show of Four Sisters, The Writer, Gavagai? The Bread Factory Part 2, Walk With Me a While. The Bread Factory Part 1, For the Sake of Gold. They Shall Not Grow Old and The Favorite. Hmm. They went niche this year. Yeah. They usually, pretty much said fuck everything else. Usually an 87 <laughs> on Medic's Critic is enough to put you in the top yeah. 10. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, there were some, and I think this is the, the hint that we're going to see of the indie world really, really coming out. Yeah. Like, just... Stuff like what the fuck is the Bread Factory Part One and Two? I've never heard of it. I've it's heard of every single movie. I've not heard of this so one. So absurdly niche. Bread Factory. <laughs> I think. I think at this point we're starting to see a separation, like a second separation. There's yeah. like a second layer of. There's like the the mainstream independent, like the King's Speech yeah. kind of stuff. There's the independent that the mainstream is accepting kind of stuff. Yep. Like. Um, Shape of Water. Shape of Water, maybe Black Klansman. Yeah. Uh, Lady Bird. And then there's the real independent stuff, like a Bread Factory Part 1 and 2. <laughs> I like how 2 was better than 1. Yep. Just barely. 
So weird. But yeah, uh, I mean, other than that, I just pretty much ignored it because my point is what what go all for. So I kind of ignored right. the rest of this. Um, you've got stuff like Black Panther. You mentioned Spider Verse, Deadpool Two, uh, Quiet Place, Fallout, uh, Stars Born. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Uh, yeah. What's wrong with Stars Born? I it's it's. I'm not a huge fan of movies that are remade several times and don't add anything. From says, what I've been told, this who one says they don't add anything? I've been told. <clears throat> You've been told wrong. Ocean's okay. Eight. Ocean's Eight. Incredibles Two. Yeah. Aquaman. Solo. Yeah. So here's the ranker one: Infinity War, Quiet Place, Black Panther, Spider Verse, Incredibles Two, Deadpool Two, Mission Impossible, Stars Born, Bohemian Rhapsody, Ant Man and Wasp. You know the fact that Ranker can put together a list that I'm like pretty solidly on board with is impressive. It's it puts together a list because it doesn't put on bad movies. Yeah, but like <laughs> they put on Guardians of the Galaxy before. Yeah, <clears throat> but also like I think what the problem is the reason that it looks so good is because popular movies are becoming really good, especially yeah. with the with the superhero stuff. Yeah, these things are becoming good. Deadpool was good. Incredibles was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panther, holy fuck. Spider Verse, holy double fuck. Infinity War, holy one and a quarter fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh stuff like that like it's mm-hmm. fallout holy fuck yeah like they, these popular movies are really good so i think that's yep. why don't don't give ranker more credit than they deserve <laughs> i think i think i think this is an extension of the trend of people being more excited about sort of independent stuff is they're suddenly recognizing more quality in their movies and demanding more quality in their movies yeah and so Hellboy doesn't fly anymore. Yeah. Hellboy doesn't fly anymore. Something like that. They would have gotten away with before, but now you have to make at least like a Jurassic world fallen kingdom. A good example is I think, uh, Donna justice would have been totally passable th- four years before. Yeah. Like, but it, it wasn't. No. And then suicide squad came out and then DC had to stop and reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. And now we're looking good. Yeah. So, go us. Um, my top five or my top 20 from this one are fallout spider verse and quiet place. Okay, I had Quiet Place and Roma and Spider Verse. It was hard to cut Fallout. Um, it was hard mm-hmm. to cut the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good year for movies. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna put my thing in there. I am so bad at spelling. <laughs> That's just wrong. All right. <laughs> uh, I just, I just saw what Cat's IMDb score is right now. Oh God. Any guesses? Uh, I'm gonna say three point two. 2.8. Oh, uh, it was kind of close. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Final year. 2019. Oh, I just closed everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. I just... I, okay. The thing... So I scroll with two fingers, but if I do three fingers down, mm. it closes all my apps. Right. It, like, shuts them down. Right, right, right. shuts them down, but that happened. Right. Uh, I'm going to acknowledge something really quick. This was not a movie. But it made it into the it made it into IMDb. Okay. Chernobyl. It's a short series. Interesting. That I think justifies mm. being in this list. Okay. Uh, but there's one thing shared across all four: Parasite. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Number one on Metacritic. Number one on IMDb. And on my list. Number three on Rolling Stone. And number eight on Ranker. Okay. But here's the list from Ranker: Joker, Endgame, Walk, uh, John Wick Three, Elite Battle Angle. Preston, <laughs> he goes before the show. <laughs> God fucking damn it! This 
Did, did you mean did you mean acute old battle angle? <laughs> oh damn it! Oh, oh boy. what side is she on? <clears throat> Not the uh, right once one. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Shazam, Spider-Man: Far From Home, Parasite, Toy Story 4, and How to Train Your Dragon 3. Again, all franchise except Parasite. Hmm. Oh, and once upon a, oh yeah, because Alita: Battle Angel was a remake, wasn't it? It's a I think it's an adaptation of an adaptation? anime, maybe. Possibly. Um, kind of. But it's kind of supposed to be pretty good though. If I look at the same similar, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, it's just, mm. it's so different. Ranker is the one that reduces the number. Yeah. In every case. Yeah. And it's absurd. Uh, for me, standouts are Chernobyl, Knives Out, and Joker. Um, Knives Out cracked my top 20. Mm. Endgame was really good. Joker was really good. Parasite was really good. None of them cracked my top 20. Gotcha. Yep. Um, franchise movies, Dark Phoenix was bad, but they were dying. And, you know... Dark Phoenix was kind of good, bad. It took some interesting risks, and they didn't all pay off, but I'm glad it took them. Yeah. Um, Shazam's good. Far From Home, we know that story. Yep. Captain Marvel. Eh. Rise of Skywalker. Eh. Lion King. Eh. Fast and Furious presents Colin Hobbs and Shaw. Eh. Hellboy. Ugh! <laughs> that came out... I'm missing a year. Shit. Hang on. I'm trying to figure something out. Okay. Uh, but any any comments about this? Kind of like, it, this was the end of the franchise. 20... It's the end of pop culture. The 2010s is... I mean, <clears throat> we're going to... We're going to do another episode on that, or are we going to cover that in this episode? Let's cover it in this episode. Okay. As long as we're here. Because we, we watched the birth and the death of this pop culture franchise. Yeah. Which so, is wacky. Yeah. MCU has... I'm not going to say fallen, but it has hit its first end point, and we don't we don't know if it's going to have the same momentum or power moving forward. Yeah. Star Wars has ended for five years or so. I don't know until yeah. we get more. Whatever. <laughs> it, it, it's hit at least a temporary end. Game of Thrones ended until we get those prequel shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> X Men ended in its current form. Yep. Um, my. Uh, my hope that we'll get a good Hellboy movie <laughs> ended. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, I mean, again, still we're seeing sort of that bleeding of mainstream and independent. Joker is kind of the the perfect example of that. Yeah. Uh, it's a mainstream character. It's an independent style movie, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a very interesting approach but suddenly in 2019 it's something they can pull off and make a bunch of money on um knives out made a lot of money had people a lot of people had fun kind of kind of a niche movie before 2019 but suddenly you can throw a lot of money at a project like that and get a lot of talent yep um uncut gems people are watching uncut gems yes this is a super independent movie but well it got adam sandler in it i guess and yeah People like it. Adam Sandler's funny. I bet there's a lot of people that watched it thinking it was going to be just an Adam Sandler comedy and got to the first 50 of the 500 F words and (laughs) (laughs) walked out. Adam, no! (laughs) Uh, And like Ford versus Ferrari is a mainstream movie, but it had to be done well. Yeah. And they did do it well. So. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. Like all of a sudden pop culture movies were bad again. 
Yeah. Except for a couple of them. Yeah. I think it has to do with more of the volume. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make one or two good movies, and when you only make one or two, they're going to be good. But when you start making 20 of them, suddenly 90, 90% of them are bad. 95% of them. I mean, 2017 and 18, there were a lot of good superhero and That's other true, yeah. popular movies. There's got to be something. got to be a, a, a factor. I think, well, it's fatigue. I think it's the superhero fatigue. Yeah. Oh, I, God, mean, I haven't checked to make sure we're still recording. Oh, uh, that, that'd, be, that'd be an important thing to do. Holding my breath. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if fatigue explains Far From Home being, you know, fine. Yeah. Good. Or Captain Marvel being mediocre. Or Lion King happening. Or Star Wars being bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I don't think it's fatigue. I I'm just I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. It might seven eleven make a wish. I wish for my voice to be back. That's nah, not gonna happen. Yeah, not because I said it out loud. I think I think it's just a, a few different factors in each case. I think the MCU, the problem is they were coming to that end point with endgame. And so everything had to either flow into or out of that yeah it stops becoming its own movie star wars that was that was always gonna end up being a mess unless they let ryan johnson do it um fight me internet lion king do just it unnecessary hellboy i don't know that's just an aberration yeah it's uh boy is that hell <laughs> yeah but like shazam was good mm-hmm. dark phoenix was bad but it took interesting risks to get yeah. there um, Ford versus Ferrari, good. Joker, great. Endgame, great. Yep. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Well. Well. Shall we get into our top twenties? You had a grand overarching point that you were going to make. Yes, first. I did. Uh, go to the other tab, Preston. You're welcome for reminding you. Thank you. <laughs> so what I did is I've had this theory for a while that. There's a growing separation between critics and the populace. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it for a long time. I've said it from the from like first year of this okay. that I've been saying this. So what I did is I went through each of those three things, three very uh, four things mm-hmm. comparing to Metacritic, IMDb, Rolling Stone, and Ranker. God, my oh god, my crotch just started typing password into my phone, so it started just buzzing like a maniac. <laughs> Very so fun. I went through IMDb, Rolling Stone, and Ranker, mm-hmm. and I made note of every year how many they share with Metacritic. Uh-huh. Metacritic is the critics, mm-hmm. and I plotted them for only t- and it's only ten years, so it's a small sample size. But there, but I plotted them and I plotted the trend lines. Mm-hmm. And if you will go to the uh, go to our Instagram page, you'll see that plot. Uh, it doesn't have the labels on it because I wanted to remove the labels for that little tease uh, that came out right that I released yesterday I guess time is a thing time is mysterious the only one that has a positive uh, slope is Rolling Stone the one that actually mm. has amateur meta- amateur critics mm-hmm. running it IMDB and ranker fully based on popularity both have a decreasing trend very interesting drastically with ranker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going down the years, 
IMDb, I'm just going to say IMDb's, or Rolling Stones first, mm-hmm. uh, for every year, three, two, two, six, two, three, three, four, one, five. So it's kind of, it is. It feels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, IMDb, four, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, zero, four. So kind of around that low. Mm-hmm. Ranker, three, one, one, three, zero, one, zero, one, zero, one. It went fucking binary at the end. <laughs> Stole my joke. <laughs> uh, I had that. But if you look at the graph, it is very clearly going down. Yeah. And that's just this, di- this, this, especially with what fucking year was that? Uh, 2018, when they just went super niche and there was yeah. like zero, one, and zero. Yep. Rolling Stone had one in common with it. Uh, what, what was that in 2018? Mm. Uh, 2018. Uh, uh, Roma. They both had number one. Uh-huh. The Roma. Roma's but yeah, movie. so it's always fun from my perspective of someone that like enjoys data analytics mm-hmm. to have a theory from two years ago. Actually, pretty clearly, like there's some could, evidence there. If you could do, you could show this to a boss and say, "Hey, look, my theory is correct." Obviously, mm-hmm. people who are like robust researchers would go, "What the fuck is this? Is this trash?" Yeah, <laughs> and would just throw it back in my face. Right. But you could go to a casual person, a relatively not even fully casual, like some mediocrely interested, or like knowledgeable mm-hmm. of research, and go, "Yeah, no, there's a trend. Mm-hmm. It's only ten years, but like, yeah, I think this is something we could track for a long time and watch just the declination of similarity between critic and fan." I think you're getting some correlation causation problems there. Probably. Because we were just talking about how the, there's been a whole lot of franchise movies. Like, the, the number has been increasing. Yeah. And that's going to stack up more on the ranker list and take away slots that they'd use to include sort of that middle ground popular stuff that might make it onto both lists otherwise, like King's yeah. Speech. And at the same time, there's also been more indie movies. Just because there's been more movies over yeah. the past decade, now that there's more outlets with streaming sites and whatnot. Yep. So I think it's just that there's more movies. It's not a differentiation. It's just that there's fatter pickings. And so they're picking from different spots. So how would you recommend going about a research like this? Because I kind of want to do it now. It'll um, take a lot of time and data, yeah, this, data collection. This, this would be interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to ruminate, this, ruminate on this more. Mm. But um, Play some Padme's <clears throat> emanations in the background. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I. D- I think it has to do with the actual how they viewed it. So I think what we'd want to do is look at something that is a more quantified measure of a casual fan's perspective. So say just like the actual IMDb number, mm-hmm. and compare that to the Metacritic number, and maybe um, <clears throat> yeah, use a wider variety of top ten lists. And yeah, just throw more data at the problem because yeah. it, it oh, feels absolutely. like yeah i chose four websites very different and only did 10 years i i feel like there wouldn't be as much of a separation changing in the actual numbers just in they're selecting from different groups of highly ranked things yeah and there's more things to be highly ranked from each yeah um and yeah like, like i said this is by no means a robust research yeah it's just kind of like an observation that and, that makes sense. There's there's stuff to back up your point. Like uh, take the the reaction to uh, Last Jedi. Uh-huh. That's like a, a low sevens movie on IMDb because it has a lot of haters and even the people that defend it mm-hmm. aren't really like lovers of it. Yeah. I really like that movie. 
kind of admit it's got its problems. It's not yeah. my favorite Star Wars movie by any stretch. Yeah. I don't think it's anyone's favorite. <clears throat> um, but like Metacritic, it's like high 80s. Hmm. It's really well regarded because there's, uh, and, and I think there is that separation on some of these points. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough to, I want to, I'd want to dig more into where that separation occurs to figure out the reason for it. Yeah. I'd have to, you'd have to look at the absolute value of the difference of the rankings. Right. Because you couldn't look at, if you looked at just the average of the rankings, then they would probably balance out. Because right. What one, like this one, like what one thought was great. The other thought was bad. Right. Um, and then Joker would be a flip side. Yeah, exactly. Critics didn't really like it. I think that was almost more of a critics felt uncomfortable with the idea of liking it because they thought it was problematic. Yeah, that's... I think there's some of that. Probably. Because, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. But, I don't know, critics, I guess, feel like they have some sort of social responsibility or something. Yeah. You don't. You stuck up turd faces. Oh. Language, sir. This is a Christian household. All right. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my point is that there's a there's a separation. And obviously, there's more robust uh, research that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we get paid, if I'm going to set up a Patreon, I was talking to Nick about this the other day. I think I'm going to huh? set up a Patreon. Okay. And if people want to like Patreonize us, um, well, well, first of all, it's we, we Matt and I have talked about this extensively. Like, if we started making money from this, all of the money would go straight into a movie fund, so we could watch more movies and review more movies. Yeah, that's kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah. So, if, if I were making the money, I would review movies full time. Yeah. Probably. So I'm gonna set up a Patreon and fuck Kaylin, Nick, Mark, if he still listens. <laughs> like, if you guys want to, uh, like actually give us money to go watch movies that you want us to watch movies. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Yeah. You don't have to give us the full ticket price. Cause we're adults and we have money, yeah. but like we can't buy all the tickets all the time to every no. movie. Yeah. So like, I don't know, just get like a donation and attach a disclaimer. Tell us what you want to see. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll yep. fucking do it. There we go. Fan engagement. All right. Um, so that's my point. Matt, what's in your top? I kind of, which one of us should go first? Um, well, I wanted to I wanted to combine our top twenties so that we could get an actual definitive top ten. Okay. I have an idea. Okay. You're gonna tell me yours. Okay. And I'm gonna mark which rank if we share them, they are on mine. That's a good thing. And then I can Okay. And then I can do this. <clears throat> Let's see if I can do this. Alright, go for it. You're number one. My number one, La La Land. Cool. You're number two. Loveless. Cool. You're number three. Dunkirk. Cool. Fuck, where is it? Oh, sweet. Okay, number four. Shame. I don't have that one. Number five. <laughs> Inception. Okay, number six. Ex Machina. Okay, number seven. Uh, Arrival. <laughs> number eight. The Babadook. Okay, number nine. A Quiet Place. Okay, number ten. Roma. Number eleven. Manchester by the Sea. Number 12. Wind River. Number 13. You're fucking leaving me behind, dude. Europa Report. Okay, 14. 14? 14. 14. Knives Out. 15. Zootopia. 16. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 17. Mississippi Grind. 18. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. 19. Bullhead. 20. Florida Project. Cool. We had a few common ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what the fucking combined rank's gonna be. All right. Uh, so I'm going to go through mine. Okay. Number one, 
How the fuck dare you not put Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in your list? I like it, but it it's not even a nine star movie for me. Oh, if we're being honest, what a shame. I really like it. Number one, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Number two, Chernobyl. Number three, Drive. Number four, La La Land. Number five, Dunkirk. Number six, Joker. Number seven, Spotlight. Number eight, The Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Les Mis. Number ten, Quiet Place. Number eleven, King's Speech. Number twelve, Knives Out. Number thirteen, Blade Runner. Number fourteen, Fallout. Number fifteen, Social Network. Number 16, Spider-Verse. Number 17, Arrival. Number 18, Thor. Number 19, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number 20, Civil War. Thor Ragnarok. What? Where's The Hunt? What year did that come out? Like 2013. Fuck's sake, dude. That's number two. Nah. <laughs> I broke his list. Damn it. See, that's the problem with the way I did it. It's like I yeah. can't... I- I need to I need to iron devise. Yeah, you need to rank you need to rate everything you've ever seen. That's how I do it. I need to iron devise. Uh while you're while you're doing that, I'll say I had eleven honorable mentions that were really hard to cut from my top twenty. Okay. Those are Infinity War, Logan, Hell or High Water, The Favorite, Inside Lewin Davis, Prisoners, Black Swan, The Hunt, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Baby Driver, and Get Out. Uh say the last after Black Swan, what'd you say? The Hunt, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Baby Driver, and Get Out. Blade Runner. I thought I had Blade Runner in here. Oh, there it is. Uh, 2049. What were the other ones? Baby Driver. Baby Driver. And Get Out. And Get Out. Okay, cool. Those are all honorable mentions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sum our ranks. Okay. And that. Oh, shit. Sum that and that. And I'm going to give anything that you did not put in there as a 40. And all of your honorable mentions are 20s. Okay. That's fair. It was very hard to put any of those over any of those others. But basically, I'm eliminating anything that we didn't share. Okay. And then I'm going to scale. Uh, I'm going to uh, total. Total. <coughs> total. Uh, and then I'm going to, so, oh, also my honorable mentions, I did one of every year and that's why I was kind of struggling because uh, I was like trying to go back. I was like, wait, shit, did I have two in that year? And I was, uh, like, I'm missing, <laughs> I was missing one. So I got, str- I got lost at one point, uh, from 2010, 127 hours. Uh-huh. I really liked that movie. I haven't seen it. Oh my God. It makes you feel the pain in the arm when he's mm-hmm. like trying to cut the nerve and it I've, does this. I've heard the sound design. Just yeah, that, the it's, shriek. Yes. Oh God. Uh, 2011, uh, the first Avenger, uh, 2012 mm-hmm. Skyfall. I kind of liked it. Skyfall's good. Number 13, Lock, purely because I couldn't get it in my list. Uh, yeah. and it's not like a blaringly obvious one, like the hunt. Right. Uh, Whiplash from 20, I didn't have anything from 2014. Mm-hmm. I think it was just because like the only one that I liked, I put in my list. It was a weak year for movies. Yeah. Overall. 2015 was Whiplash. 2016 was Deadpool. 2017 was Baby Driver. 2018 was eighth grade. I still haven't seen that. It is. It's interesting. It's it's really good and kind of leaves you like unsettled at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it reminds you of being in eighth, eighth grade. It's crazy. Okay. And twenty nineteen is Shazam. Yeah. So I'm going to rank or I'm going to sort and filter sort from smallest to lar- largest mm-hmm. based on column E. <laughs> Free Excel tutorials. Yeah. <laughs> Audio only. Eight, nine, ten. All right. Cool. All right. Anything All right. that you had, we, perfect. Ten is the number that we have, because anything below ten is things that we didn't share. Okay. Our official Just Us Losers combined top ten movies of the 2010s is 
Number one, La La Land Woo. with me at five and you at one? One. One, yep. Uh, number two, Dunkirk with me at six and you at three. We were very similar to where they were on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, A Quiet Place with you at nine and me at 11. Mm-hmm. Number four, The Hunt with you as an honorable mention and me at number two. Mm-hmm. Number four, uh, or number five, Arrival with you at number seven and me at number 18. Mm-hmm. Number six, uh, Knives Out with you, me at 13 and you at 14. We were very yeah. close on that one. Go Let us go. Uh, that was not a painful enough high five. There we go. Um, number eight. Oh no, sorry. No, uh, number seven, Black Swan with me at number nine and you at number, uh, you at honorable, honorable mention. mention. Number, uh, number eight, Spider Into the Spider-Verse with me at number 17 and you at number 16. <laughs> Gosh, two of those hurt. Uh, number nine, Blade Runner 2049 with me at 14 and you at either an honorable mention or number 20. Honorable mention. <laughs> okay. Um, and number 10, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy with me at number one and you not even having it on there. <laughs> oh, I wanted to get Loveless in there. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's our, I mean, I felt like that was a pretty, that's a good list. Comprehensive list. I don't know why everything that I have there. Oh, well, cause you have more honorable mentions than I do. And my honorable yeah. mentions didn't even count. So right. I don't think we had anything shared in the honorable mentions no. anyway. So no, had I done honorable mentions too, we probably would have gotten. And also had I seen more, yes. I kind of want to like do more math and make yours weighted a little heavier. Cause you've seen more. Mm-hmm. So you have a more comprehensive thing, but I don't want to get into that because I was doing this on the fly. Yep. <laughs> this is the easiest way to do it. And it's a pretty good, no, pretty good list of 10. Yep. When the thirties uh, roll around, we can do it better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming we don't all die in this world war three that's happening. Yep. Uh, so yeah, one more time for the number 10 list that you guys should all watch. La La Land, Dunkirk, Quiet Place, The Hunt, Arrival, The Hunt, Asterisk, don't read the synopsis before you watch it. Arrival, Knives Out, Black Swans, Into the Spider-Verse, Blade Runner 2049, and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, purely for me, don't fucking watch that movie. Can I put La La, or Loveless as a tie for 10? Yes. Okay. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Loveless are the tie for number 10. Okay. It's a good list right there. It's a good list. It's I a like mix that list. Of, it's a mix of... I mean, it's all serious, good stuff, but yep. it's got some some fun stuff like Spider Verse and Dunkirk. Yep. It's just a you know good rip roar and watch. Yep, that's good. Yeah, we'll post it on on our on our sources. Yep. Anything else? I think that's uh, that's that's what I got. Shallst we we shallst. Wait, we got to talk about the email. We're gonna do it after the oh. ending. Oh, uh, thanks everyone for listening. You can find this podcast on. SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and Spotify. <clears throat> we're on Facebook where we're going to post this list of the top 10 movies that you should see from the 2010s. The official Justice Losers ranking. Uh, we're also on Twitter. We're also going to post this list. It's at Justice Losers Pod. We have an Instagram. Justice Losers Pod at Instagram.com. Yep. Hadn't made that joke in a while. Felt like it was time to bring it back. I think we made it last time. I don't think we did. Pretty <laughs> sure we didn't. Um. Where we'll post we'll post pictures of Alexandra Garyachkina because the day this episode comes out, the women's world championship match starts and she's playing. Nice. So, got to get her death player in there. Either. I'm going to. No, you're not. Yes, Anne. You will totally I will totally forget. You will 100% forget. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a Gmail. 
justusloserspod at gmail.com where Mark was supposed to send us something and I forget what it was and I don't think he remembers either. But Gage sent us something. We're going to get into it in just a second here after we guys, do all the farewelling. If you send us uh, like <clears throat> very large like email emails, we will actually do a thing. Yeah, we'll discuss them. Uh, if you want to send us your top 10 movies of the year and complain about ours, do it on Gmail. Unless you want to do it in public, then you can do it on Twitter or Facebook. So, yeah, I, I, I would like to throw a disclaimer out there. There's quite a few movies that we haven't seen from this past decade because we don't do this professionally. Yep. And so I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. Sorry about that. Still working on it. Hey, give us money on our Patreon. Yeah, give us. After I make one. Give us $4 and we'll rent it on Amazon and watch it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think that's all the things I'm supposed to say. Do we know what we're talking about next week? Fucking doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out at some point. Probably on the way to actually go record. Uh, actually, he's trying to look it up right now. I so I should probably find a way to kill time. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a real, it's been a, it's been a good decade. I went from not really knowing what movies were to... Like, no, we have actually nothing. watching. Okay, great. We're going to make something up. If you've got an idea, let us know. We'll uh, we'll, we'll bear it under every consideration because we have no idea what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> It'll bad be fun, Boys, though. The new Bad Boys is coming out next week. Oh, we can talk about the trend of all the, the old man movies. So, first oh, there was Logan, there's Old Man Bad Boys, now there's Old Man Maverick. <laughs> uh, what's next, Old Man Incredibles? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, I'd watch the heck out of a post-apocalyptic R-rated Incredibles sequel. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be pretty great. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's all the things I'm supposed to say. Happy New Year. Let's make it a good decade, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Oh, wow. That's... There it is. I tell you something weird and just remove all of my voice. <laughs> I'm a drummer, I swear. <coughs> okay. All right. Gage. Gage. What a man. Send us an email. Quintessential emailer from Todd. Quintessential, quintessential email. Yep. Emailer. You're in the top quintile of all emailers of this show. Yes. That's a... <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm not even going to entertain that joke. A disorganized series of thoughts about Rise of Skywalker. All it's right. a long email, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. We'll just take it kind of point by point. We'll take it point by point. So basically what Gage did is he wrote kind of his thoughts on the Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. which is what we want you guys to do. We want to hear your thoughts. This is great. Yeah. So he's pretty annoyed about the Palpatine returning. I'm pretty annoyed about the Palpatine returning. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he did the whole point that everyone's made that apparently all you need to survive are unnatural powers. To survive when you plunge down a giant hole and explode inside a Death Star that then also explodes. There's a there's a throwaway line um, where Dominic Monaghan says, cloning, dark science. And I think we're supposed to take that as the explanation. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Yep, um, I hate it. Yeah, and <clears throat> then the, the unnatural powers allowed him to teleport to a secret planet without either of the two supposed maps that lead there. Yep. Leia's spacewalk doesn't seem so far-fetched now, does it? Score, gauge two, jage zero. <laughs> jage. <laughs> God damn it. Um, gauge enjoyed that opening scene. I, I said that after the rewatch. With the exception of the Palpatine being back stuff, the first half hour is really good. I just can't. It just feels so forced and just a, a kick in the, like, a dirt kick in the face to Ryan Johnson. And I think the reason I don't like it is because of the 
purpose of this whole thing? If you cut out the Palpatine stuff. So just like the the Finn and Poe and Chewbacca well, on the on the Millennium that's what Falcon, I'm saying, like this is stuff that J.J. Abrams wanted to do that you should have spent like a movie on. Like it just feels nah. like nothing that happened in uh, Rise of or uh, Last Jedi had ramifications on the beginning of this movie. It kind it of felt like it did. They're desperate and on the run, and yeah, but they've also okay. learned to get to work together as a team. And it's I thought it was a good showing how they've come together. It does some fun stuff. Um, also. <clears throat> Oh yeah, what I liked mentioned. the I liked the ray training stuff. Uh, um, poke and light speed hop, which I guess isn't supposed to be possible in the Falcon. That was a, that was a little nonsense. It's also not supposed to be. I think they actually say it in the original trilogy. Like the Millennium Falcon needs to like relax after yeah. it does a light speed. Well, and they they say yeah, you want to punch through an asteroid or pop out in the middle of a star. You got to make all these complex comp- calculations, kid. It's not just a yeah. Uh, there's a lot of work here. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like, that's something that I felt Last Jedi did a good job of, like, approaching. Mm-hmm. Like, they do have this calculation stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just light speed and pop at it in a random place. Like, I don't know. Uh, I guess space is mostly empty, so you have a pretty good chance of not ending up. But also, they do end up, like, on a planet every time. Yep. Never tell me the odds, but tell me the odds on that one. Yeah. Someone. Um, visuals were awesome as expected. Yeah, that's we're, welcome to 2020. Yeah, it's good visuals. That's just what we're gonna get, unless you're. Oh boy. boy. Uh, Ray's Palpatine's Palpatine's granddaughter. Ugh. Yeah, she, his main concern with is like, who the, f- who would fuck Palpatine? When did this happen? Like way back when he was like young and still before the unlimited power scene. No. Probably. Was Ian McDiarmid good looking in his youth? Did he have healthy nipples? That's a good question. This is, these are the important questions right here. That's a very important question. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I think it was. I think it was dumb, and it felt dumb. But at the same time, we needed some sort of reason for Ray to try and be sort of destined to turn dark. And I have some ideas for our rewrites when we get to those. Um, of better reasons, but this felt like an easy out, I guess. Yeah. Very stupid, but I, I get what they're going for. Yeah. Um, Finn, oh, the whole Finn mentioning something to Ray. That they confirmed afterwards he's force sensitive and he was going to say That's what Gage that. was going to say. It's like, why is that the time that he would mention, mention that? Why is it like, and this is his whole thing is, uh, uh, da, 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 da. if he was going to tell tell her he's force sensitive then maybe he could have mentioned it any other time maybe not before they're about to drown in sand it doesn't seem like it would have mattered that much at that point and, yeah. and that makes uh, that's mm. a good point that like yeah. like don't if i'm about to die mm-hmm. something i don't want to something i'm going to tell you my last words to you aren't going to be something interesting about myself right what the fuck that's so selfish yep uh, force healing. He doesn't have a problem with it. Also, Baby Yoda can do it, so it's indisputably canonical. Yes, that's that was Pitana talked about that. That was the point of the Mandalorian doing that. <laughs> force healing was a thing. Indisputably canonical as of like 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, pacing. He felt physically exhausted after the first half an hour. After that, it kind of settled down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's same thing. I had same thing. I felt. Yeah. Especially with the first 30 minutes, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, it was pretty hyper. Uh, Palpatine. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, Palpatine built an entire fleet of many Death Star ships, uh, of 
what magic of course why not we had a big death star then a bigger death star then a bigger death star and thank goodness they decided to be creative in time to make a bunch of lot of little death stars i'm pretty sure i made that exact joke in the review that's what gage said when he (laughs) he texted me he's like no matt made points Yeah, Gage, we know you, uh, read, you wrote the email before you yeah, listened to it. Yeah, thanks, okay. thanks for stealing it from our review, G- Gage. Uh, and just pirating our endpoints back to us, Gage. We appreciate it, Gage. Yep. <laughs> uh, he mentions a bunch of little Easter eggs of, like, kind of things full circle. Mm-hmm. Luke, Luke doing the X-Wing, Chewie getting the medal. I liked the X-Wing. I didn't like the medal. I didn't like the X-Wing. I, I, didn't, kind of I didn't like it the first time. I liked it the second time. Gotcha. Just, it's... Luke has come full circle. He was he was training and he wasn't there yet. And then he was kind of leaning to the dark side. And then he was old and broken down and kind of given up hope. And then Ray sort of re-sparked hope in him. And he went out and he sallied forth and he fought and he won. And then this is sort of peak Luke. Yeah. Peak Luke is doing something that he could just kind of almost do 30 years ago. Yep. He <laughs> <clears throat> um, wished... Uh, he said that they didn't land any punches the entire movie. Um, yep. Chewie he, dying. He made a point about the Chewie dying. That was my biggest complaint. Yeah, Chewie I mean, dying. Aside from the big complaints about the C three PO thing was stupid because it just they just got him back and he just yeah. didn't remember like the past couple of years. Yeah, not like they lost him. I don't like having R two be able. To, I liked the point that he was like R 2s memory is faulty or mm-hmm. whatever is like has bad memory. If they stuck to that. Yeah. If they if like R two be like oh R two can restore his memory and it's like completely wrong memories mm-hmm. like if he goes like if he looks at Ray and goes oh you must be Poe like super fun it would also be really interesting to this would be a good a, a good point of really showing why R two doesn't freak out when he saw Darth Vader mm-hmm. that could be a really good way to show that that like R two genuinely is flustered all the time because mm-hmm. r2 has been through some weird shit that <laughs> rear sound he makes is him just going nuts all the time yep r is probably like borderline insane yeah and that would be really yeah. interesting to throw that in there like both as funny but also like explaining why some of the stuff yeah that'd be i would love twist. r2 to not be just like this smart droid that saves everyone's it's just everything is like it's the boba fett yeah he does everything by accident <laughs> like he never actually like does anything whenever he like sticks his little penis in holes and he like twists it around it never actually like uh opens a door like it, it opens the door but it's just him like like plugging and unplugging things yeah <laughs> just trying shit that would have been great um he's impressed with how much leia was in the movie uh he asked about the extra footage uh <laughs> where do you think they're sending their sending her paycheck gauge to actually genuinely answer that question uh, typically, actors and actresses have an estate, uh, so it's her mm-hmm. family. Billy Lord, or Billy Lord, yep. Billy Lord is probably getting that. Her family is getting that. So anything yeah. that, whenever they use their lichen, uh, whenever um, use their lichen, li- likeness, <laughs> use their lichen. She's become one with the force and <laughs> into this particular patch of lichen. Peter Cushing's family got a th- thick stack of money and uh, for Rogue mm-hmm. One. Um, so yeah, that's what happens with that check yeah. to actually answer the question. But also, I, I haven't mentioned this. I thought it didn't really work. The the Leia stuff. It felt like they were writing around pre existing lines. That's what they were. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, that's what they were doing. But yeah. it, I could I could see the cracks. Yeah. Um. Then a couple rapid fire things. 
Palpatine's giant for lightning, giant force lightning thing. Cool. Palpatine being able to suck the life out of Ray and Kylo. Not cool. Fair. Uh, Ray and Kylo t teleporting stuff. I wasn't sure how to feel it. I fucking hated that. I feel like that completely. That, the force doesn't bend space and time. Says who? Any canon. Any legend. Any canon said there wasn't force projection. Any the first canon, canon said there was. Any canon says there wasn't force lightning. And then Return the, of the Jedi came out. Well, that's okay. That's valid. That's that's pretty every valid. every movie has had a new force power and overwritten stuff that came before. That's fully valid. Yep. Nope. Okay. Moving on. Uh, actually, that's a good point that we can get to the end of the that that gauges overarching points. Mm -hmm. um, Ray kissing Kylo unnecessary. I hated it. Yeah. That felt so wrong. It felt like brother sister. It felt like Luke and Leia, but worse because we knew. <laughs> yeah. Um. He said the ships showing up were like a mini in-game portal scene, much less so, but still good. I you know, if it. I'd known who any single one of those ships were, <laughs> With the maybe. exception of Wedge Antilles. Yeah. No one else. They were it's all just, nameless. It's just a, a CGI fleet. They could put whatever they want up there. They could literally put the exact characters from Endgame up there. Yeah, exactly. And it would have the same meaning. That's yep. it's, it's arbitrary. There's no in-story stakes. It's just whoever the writers want to appear there. Yeah. There's, uh, I didn't feel anything when that happened. Yeah. Um, Gage mentioned the voice of the Jedi were a nice little fan service he touched. Did you notice Ahsoka's voice in there? I didn't notice Ahsoka's voice. There's a lot of voices I didn't notice. Had I been paying attention, I would have noticed them. Yeah. But the moment Jedi voices started, I was focusing so hard to listen to Hayden Christensen's voice. Yep. And when I heard it, I punched. I tr fucking Charlie Horse. It was painful. <laughs> It was a hard punch. Yeah. I like it was with a knuckle and I felt bad after. Yeah, you got me right in a pressure point. <laughs> I, was, I was like, dude, come on. That was a that was a tough one. Uh yellow lightsaber, cool. Style of saber matches her style quite nicely. Gage, if you listen to our review, you I made a comment about the um the um uh, that wow, Preston, what's the words? It's not Spectre. Um Sentinels. Mm. Of being mm -hmm. both uh combat oriented and also uh academically oriented yeah. uh, and that's something that they throughout the movie i said that was the reason it was my second to last my second to least favorite mm -hmm. is because they actually did something pretty niche and focused mm -hmm. uh so his thoughts um da -da -da -da, visually appealing the are you his hearts now now is his crazy earth-shattering heart-stopping unpopular opinion coming in are you ready Star Wars is not and has never been as good as everyone expects it to be. Gage, I 100% agree. You're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, they're kind of bad. <laughs> <coughs> On average, I think there are more good movies than bad movies. But, but they're just good movies. Yeah. Even Empire Strikes Back, which is a great movie, is not like a great movie. Yeah. It's a... It's a great movie in the sense that Avengers is a great movie. Yeah. In the sense that Casino Royale is a great movie. It's it's a great movie in a popular movie vein. Yes. And it has its own ceiling. Yeah. Um, the stuff that uh, – there was a few things, uh, kind of points he made about, like, people keep being taking offense because it's breaking the rules. Um, and his kind of point is that, like, this was not meant to be – what it is mm -hmm. it was a one-off movie it was a, a, initially fucking a, a flash gordon parody yeah um and then it just kind of made it into a trilogy and george lucas was just kind of like fucking pulling hairs just trying to make 
sense of things. Yeah. There are a few things that I made comment about that uh, did exist from the beginning. Like he did from 1977 know that Palpatine rose to power through using trade agreements to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that when it came around in the prequels did exist prior, mm-hmm. um, which is good. It's good to have an understanding of your lore. With my D&D stuff, I have all of like my written history done. Mm-hmm. That could never come up, but it's helpful to have that in case it's needed. The problem is... Like you mentioned, the rules of the force, and like Matt just shut me down with, there's no rules of the force. Yeah. Something that, what happened with the force is the opposite of what J.K. Rowling said, which I do appreciate one thing about her, is that she said that when you're creating something fantasy, the first thing you need to do is come up with what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And that's what she does with magic. She has rules for what you can't do with magic. And that puts a limitation on things. Totally fucks it up when you have McGonagall teaching in a school eight years before she's born. But who gives a shit? That's a good movie, right? Um, is it? But you're but get, Gage, yeah, Gage, your point is completely right about yeah. that. That there are just no rules, and the world just kind of like expects there to be rules. Yeah. And all of the rules, I literally just did it myself, have been broken every single episode. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Sunday Movies came out with a really funny video after yes. uh, Last Jedi where he explains he, he gets all upset about all the rules that Last Jedi breaks and then all the rules that Force Awakens breaks and then all the rules that Revenge of the Sith breaks yeah. and just goes back all, all the way. All the way back to the – what, what was this supposed <sighs> to be? The uh, Star Wars 4? This was supposed to be The Star Wars. And like, he's like all the way back there. It's really good. It's funny. It's I highly recommend yeah. it. It's something I show people whenever they start losing their shit about Star Wars, yeah. like ruining the franchise. I'm just like, no, you're ruining the franchise for yourself. Yep. I chose to let this ruin the franchise for myself because I genuinely didn't enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And it didn't, it didn't, no, I take that back. It didn't ruin the franchise. I didn't like this movie. I got the stuff that came from it. Cool. Maybe the next ones will be great. I'm yeah. still going to watch the original trilogy. Yep. Uh, fucking Andrew pulled up episode four and I came out and started watching it. Yeah. Also, it will, none of them will ever stack up to the Lord of the Rings. So get fucked. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is basically kind of what his point is that. Yeah, he's he's right. We get very upset over something that at the end of the day is just it's a movie. It's not a, a transcendental movie at that. Yeah. But it's yeah, I mean it was so pop culture defining and has been so pop culture defining for so many years. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> like the original Star Wars basically created the idea of the blockbuster. Yeah. I mean you could argue Jaws kind of started it, but Star uh-huh. Wars were when it really first came into being. The prequels was the rise of CG and the introduction of CGI into mainstream films. They were pioneering, leading the way there. The the recent franchise boom, you could argue that that was kicked off partly by the MCU and partly by Star Wars deciding to come back. People said, "Oh, Star Wars is back. Let's get in on this on this big franchise boom." Yeah. So but yeah, it, people get too excited about Star Wars, I think. Amen. That's all we got for that. Send us emails if you want to hear us like actually respond to them. Yep. Because we actually will, like this. Yep. We just spent like 20 minutes talking about an email. Yep. Uh, very quality email, Gage. Thanks, Gage. Quintessential emailer. Appreciate it. Uh, send us more emails. Uh, see you next week. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.